Good evening. Welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Teva and John and G. How are you, man? Hey man, I'm doing great, Sean. Thank you, brother. How are you? No, but I'm not going well, we could do this. I know we're um Living the dream. Living the dream, brother. Living the dream. And now that COVID's over and you got a lot of music out, I want to talk about you got a lot of stuff out and you're doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. So we don't have to do a full deep dive history. I mean, just the interwebs for that, all that. But, but for people that are new that of, of my channel that aren't aware of you, um, you really became bigger hardline, but you were really become a bigger local guy. You did a lot of local huge things also with your brother earlier on. Yeah. Virtually hardline is where everybody probably knows you from. As yeah, the first so my, my career actually started at the ripe young age of 11. I was literally 11 years old playing professionally. Professionally means you're earning money uh, for for your work. That's really the That'd true be... definition of a professional. Um, <laughs> Write that down. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Who, I don't know who defined that, but anyway, that so 11 years old, I started playing professionally, mm -hmm. and uh, I have now. So it was a a group that morphed into a group called Brunette, which was a very popular group on a Sunset Strip in California. We held all kinds of crazy records. I'm going to uh, try to you know give you a quick yeah synopsis. yeah yeah. I want people to have a little, little mini bio just so so you can get a feel. Back. Yeah, I want people to be aware yeah. of you. You've got a lot going on. Yeah, sure. And so Brunette was massively successful uh, in terms of breaking attendance records. We broke Van Halen, The Doors, every record uh, in, in venues in California. We held them, but we never got a record deal. And we never got a record deal because the music just simply wasn't ready. I was a young writer, just wasn't ready. And, and now I see that. That actually, that group actually morphed into Hardline. Uh, which also featured Neil Sean from Journey. So if anyone's familiar with Journey, Neil Sean was a guitar player. And now Dean Castronovo, who's in Journey, and Todd Jensen, bass player, who's in Journey also. I call him Journey Line because it's mostly uh, hard lines, just missing myself and my brother. So Hardline was a, a, a very successful uh, uh, group in the early 90s that was uh, overtaken by grunge uh, music that kind of put that whole style out of business temporarily and um but the fans remain and that uh album's called double eclipse it was uh it's pretty critically acclaimed album and you know millions of records sold and stuff like that it was a great amazing start of, of my career since 1992 and now we're 30 plus years i have created 100 albums worldwide that are either wrote or participated on or fe was featured on it's amazing i'm literally right here working on album 101 with axel rudy pell who's been a, a 25 year venture for me singing uh you know old school metal a german act axel rudy pell a lot of people are familiar with the the our big uh remakes and plus all the i don't know i have 30 40 albums with axel and in the uh, late 90s, I got involved in gaming music, which I knew nothing about. I've never played a game ever in my life, except for like Pong, because I'm an old guy, and maybe Frogger. And I got involved with this company called Sega. And uh, Crush 40 is a band that I created with my uh, Japanese partner, Jun Sonoi. And we hold some of the largest, most epic hits of all times in gaming. Uh, which was recognized even through uh, the Grammys for nomination <laughs> for Grammys. My career has been insane. And then right when I thought, you know, 
100 albums. I was actually at album 99. I thought, okay, maybe it's time to do some full-time fishing and just relax a little bit. But uh, the record company I'm with, Frontiers, who is a major supporter of, of, of uh, so many hundreds and hundreds of melodic you know, rock bands and, and some, some That's what they are. Bands. They, they are the AOR label at this point. I don't think. Yeah, they're it. Anybody, they're anybody it. They, more bands commercially at this point. And it's not a dick yeah. for the labels, but they got the biggest name, I think, right now. Yeah. The catalog is over 7,000 songs yeah. and uh, they really revitalized, um, re, re, rebirthed, uh, you know, resuscitated, yeah. you know, whatever the adjective are, so many AOR bands. And so they came to me and said, um, listen, you have a metal voice. Uh, you have a metal background. Some of my influences, Ronnie James Dio, who I did the last tour with Ronnie before he passed away, you know, Ozzy, Scorpions, you know, Black Sabbath, Blue Oyster Cult, you know, all these old school, you know, rock bands and metal bands. I want to do a, I want you should do a, a metal album. And so that is the birth of album 100 Enemy Eyes and History's Hand, which has been the most exciting album to create since my first Double Eclipse album on Hardline. Really? So Enemy Eyes has been one of my favorite albums to date besides Double Eclipse. How's it doing? Like on the, on the chart, it's, it's a weird time. It's like, the rate things nowadays too is kind of weird with streaming and this so, and that. Out of the gate, it's kicking ass. Uh, we already sold out at a, a number of of um, distribution points for the mm -hmm. album, so that's good. It's a very good sign. But just like any new group, even though I have a, a history and I have a lot of experience, it's still something new for many fans to either cross pollinate and love it. Because remember, I'm you know I do the metal Axel Rudy Pell stuff, old school kind of Richie Blackmore kind of stuff. And then I have my melodic hard line and I have my gaming music with Crush 40. So it takes a little time for everything to sort of cross pollinate and then to grow new fans. But Enemy Eyes is kicking ass out there right now. And let me tell you why, bro. This is because you're a musician yourself. Why it was so exciting to make this album. I literally went and I could show you because I've got the proof because I'm in my little studio. I went from literally, literally from paper. Mm -hmm to the microphone and no turning back. So in other words, I wrote the lyrics um, and I wrote the melody and I recorded it at that time in space. That's it. Oh, wow. There was no going back saying, oh, I'm going to rewrite that. And let me just digest that. No, what you hear on the album is from my pen to the microphone done. That's it. The whole album. There was wow. no listening and I'm going to change this. No, I want it to be full, creative, spontaneous experience. Paper, microphone, done. No changing. And did so, you have any moments after doing that though, like before it was replaced, before it was released, did you were like, oh, you know, there's that one part. Like, no, bro. No, oddly, 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 thank God, no. I'm like, I, I mean, listen, there's always something you hear back and go oh man i wish i would have pitched that a little better see i'm an old well, yeah, school that's guy right. that's, that's what i mean yeah i mean you know like how to write normal. songs 100 albums now. Yeah. you know what you're doing do you not yeah. just, and you, and you know as a guitar you know as a guitar player you would say like oh i wish i would have just held that note a hair right. longer the, the phrasing you know. on it feels like maybe it was a little wobbly 
That's what I mean. Like something exactly. where you're like, oh, that, yeah. Right. You, you, so you, can, you can do that until you're, yeah. I mean, you could do that till you're blue in a face for, for many years. And uh, so uh, luckily I didn't have too many of those uh, reactions to want to go back and repair. Thank God. And it was just a really great, spontaneous and fun. I would like run downstairs and play it for my family. Listen, what do you think? Oh my God, that is so killer. I said, thanks. Okay, next. And just knocked it out. So it was a lot of fun. And I, and I see enemy eyes as prior to, I should back up, prior to my 11-year-old start, prior to that, I was into, I did a lot of off-Broadway. So I was into to theater. I had my own, I hosted my own television show. I was a busy damn kid. I'm still busy. I, I really, I got to reconsider this fishing thing. But, uh, and so I, it's the first time where I wanted to combine the visual of theater and the music. And that's what en Enemy Eyes is going to bring live. It's not going to be four guys who jump on stage, sweat and scream and say goodnight. I'm going to create a very theatrical characterizations, the whole thing where you come to see Enemy Eyes, you're going to see a storyline in a show, a visual like, holy crap all these characters and things going on. So it's it's taking some time to build. We're quite sure we'll have that show on the road in 2024. I need 2023 wow. to get everything finished. Wow. Yeah. Insane. Insane well, amount of work. Coast, right? Because a lot of bands aren't doing that. You got to start on the East Coast so I can check it out first. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, <laughs> man. You, we'll have you hook that all up. In a, I don't have a lot of perks, but, but get you, get you near, come on, just, you know, you know where I am. <laughs> Let's start it right here. I'm good with that. That would be great. And, you know, my focus has always been so Europe, Eastern Europe and, and Asia. And I would love to focus more. I think, uh, you know, although the AOR thing is sort of really diminished as far as support uh, in America, you know, there's not much radio playing AOR type stuff. What's, what's um, radio? The fans, the fans <laughs> are still here. Yeah. What's radio? Exactly. Yeah. Right. It's yeah, funny, I, man. It's it's it's. It's changed. You know, here, here's my thing. I, I want to say a few things. So, like, so with AOR and the fans, I think part of the thing, like when we step back, actually, when grunge happened, I think, think about our age. Uh, I'm 52. And when it, when it came out and, and metal, everything. also, it was just grunge. First off, music at that point was copying, 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 copying itself. It was eating itself alive. You saw the major bands, but you had a lot of bands copying it. So the, the banks, I mean, record labels, were, 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 were putting more profit and more people in front of the other bands. So it was saturating it. Then a lot of a lot of that people were in college going into their first jobs. So financially I think your job changed. And that also wanted to be economy of time and money of that fan base at the same time of the overblowing up of when Grunge came in. Because you look back now, a lot of people you can't say, you know what your favorite Grunge albums, besides like Alice Chains and Pearl Jams, or a lot of them, no one really invested into music like they used to. And when right. everybody got older and, and our fans and the fan base got more successful, I mean, like career-wise, there's a resurgence in music too. I think their yeah, economy true. changed. They are at school, true. they're working, and they're like, I want full albums again. I want a full show. You know, some of the grunge bands are good, not not dog at all of them. But I'm saying, but they want performance again. That's where I think rock came back. And Europe kind of always held strong to that. And I mean the the the, the place, not actually the band. I mean the band probably did too, but <laughs> you know. Yeah. I know what you mean. You know, it's interesting, man. I, I uh, you, I, we all go where the work is. That's, yeah. that's for sure. And my focus has been outside of the U S because 
because of this situation is an interesting story. Take a country like Bulgaria. This is interesting for your listeners. Playing any music that was not Bulgarian music was recently, and I'm talking maybe within 15 years, illegal. If you played a Van Halen song and it was heard in public, you could go to jail. You were only allowed to play Bulgarian music. So think about that. When I do a show, I just did a show in Trutikan, Bulgaria. 8,000 people for a solo show in a small city. Um, And they're still wearing, not still, they just got ACDC shirts, Van Halen, Scorpion shirts. It's like new to them. It's insane. So when you go there, it's like, wow, it's brand new. So, um, and then also as this thing that we call the information superhighway, the internet becomes stronger, stronger, and more powerful. Some of our, what we would say, third world countries or very poor countries now have uh, better streaming capabilities. And now, so they're venturing out to listen to more music. So, this whole thing is just it's it's incredible. But to your point, it seems that we've sort of have never really had that. We can't really justify like what is the music of the 90s? What is the music of the 2000s? Right. Like we did in the 80s. 80s was the 80s. 90s yeah. was kind of like a mixed bag it's of like, what was mixed it? Bag, what, you know, right. You what know. happened? And now here we are. 2000. What are, where are we? 2022. So, and what, what are we really, I'm confused. Is it really I'm a genre defying um, style? I mean, it's gotten back down to the fact where it's very commercial and it's very timed out um, even for songs. I mean, they're like, when you're sending off songs, it's timed out to a beat and, and, and even Desmond child who's written how many billion big songs has he done? Oh God, he's yeah. still, when I spoke with him, he's still a slave to sending stuff in to these, these labels. And they're like, don't hear it. We we have to do like a collage chopped together of it, and and, and yeah, and I'm like, this is Desmond Child. I mean, when you have big songwriters right. coming, there should be like a pass. They should be like, be able to go around that gate and be like, yeah, all right, you're kind of showing <laughs> yourself. You know what I'm saying? But no, yeah, it, I know it, what you mean. It, it's yeah. timed out to like it's 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 got to have a beat, got a certain rhythm. It's not under the song anymore. And I think and, I think Diane Warren Diane Warren got the pass. I think she got the pass. She but yeah, the pass. no, I know what you mean. I totally it, know what you mean. Yeah, it's not the same, and diversification that you've done was was really brilliant, um, a musically, for for creativity, and for musical survival. Um, Thank you, bro. Yeah. It's allowed you to do a the brilliance of. I don't think you even realized, but I wouldn't have known. Someone video game me that for my kids are. I don't think I think you stumbled onto a gold mine by doing Crush Forty and doing video game songs. You're like, yeah, I'll do it. It's something funny. And also, you're like, what? This is bananas. That's exactly like, what happened. So to me, that was like, that was just probably like your golden Yawaka ticket, really, especially when it came yeah, out. I mean, it, it, it was probably some of the, I mean, I've sold a lot of records, don't get me wrong, but that was really the pinnacle of like what I said before, how I was able to cross pollinate those fans. So they became like the Crush 40 fans became Johnny G-O-L-E fans. And so whatever I put out, they want to hear it. And fan loyalty. loyalty. Exactly. And so I haven't felt that loyalty since the 80s. 
Right. And that's why Crush 40 is so special. And I just did not understand what was happening. I will tell you a funny story. Not really a funny story. It was a come, it was sort of like a, a come to realization story. I was going to do an event, a gaming event. I like I love to do those. I do panels, I talk to the kids, I'll I'll play, you know, we'll do the whole thing. And a van with some other like famous YouTubers and stuff were on that van picking me up at the airport. And me just coming from my old uh, old school Italian Catholic roots, I got onto the van and said, hello, everyone. My name is Johnny Gioelli, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm here on behalf of, of Crush 40. And the kids in the van, I call them kids because I'm 55, I'm an old guy, started busting laughing. And I'm looking around, I go, what are you laughing at? And they said, we know exactly who you are. You were our childhood. You were our safe space when we were young. When we played those games and we heard your music, you allowed us to be safe within our world. And I like wow. went That's back to the hotel. Thought. I called my wife. I called my wife. I said, I completely missed the mark on this. I did not at all realize the um you know, the, the loyalty and what this music meant to so many people and kids at that time. And now I've watched these kids grow into becoming doctors. I have Crush 40s fans in medical school. I've got doctors doing their residencies and, and I've tried to communicate with as many as possible. That was an epic period in my life and it's ongoing. It keeps it going. We've got, and people that don't know, let's just side note to them right now. Check out Crush 40. It's good rock music too. You don't have to be a gamer. It's just good music. It's I'd say rock pop to Thank me. I, I I don't want to. Yeah, it is rock pop. Yeah. Okay, it's got good hooks. It's no, you know, I, it's that's, not, that, that's a fair fair assessment. Rock pop, yeah, for sure. Um, very enjoyable. You don't have to be like into gaming and stuff. It's just it's just good music, really, at this point. And that's you know across the board. And I think which is interesting because you do have the legacy feel with, with Axel. Um, over there, he's a great musician, great yeah. band, great, great, you have great music there too. People should check out that band, not just because of you, because because of him and the rest of the guys, the band. Um, yep. but you do, you have you kind of have your toes in different musical silos, which is kind of cool, yeah, for it sure. It keeps you moving, sure. you know, and it keeps you moving. Yep. And, and, and it's probably got you past the point of getting beat up by being like, like, is there going to be an original reunion of Hardline? Because, like, that's what everybody does. And that's not even a question for me. I don't really, I mean, you're the singer, you're the voice of it, you've been carrying it on. So to me, it doesn't even sound like a thing. But all these other acts has probably allowed you to not have to always dip into that that repeatable question. You know what I mean? When you're like, I've done all these things, huge things. Yeah, I feel I feel bad for for actors who are stereotyped to being that particular character. And that's what I've never wanted to be musically. You know, back in the in the late 70s and the 80s, you were frowned upon if you jumped from band to band. Like, oh, he's a band jumper. He's a band right. hopper. But these days, especially at the what I would say that, look, I'm, I'm not. Well, I, you never know what can happen, but I'm 55 years old. I've had an incredible career. And now for me, it's about. Uh, keeping people happy and using the music that I create to affect someone. That is more important than anything. I've made plenty of money. It's not about money. Um, there was a, a point in my career where, you know, you had to survive. So you hope to make money. But for me, it's about affecting someone, having something the way I write 
uh, bring out good in people, bring out a great feeling and, and, and what have you. So that's where I'm at, uh, at my point in the career. And, and I like to work with as many artists as I can around the world. I, I'm not a band hopper. I've had these same bands for 30 years, but I like working with different artists. That's the great thing that this whole social activity and the, the, the interweb, the information superhighway, whatever has done. I can connect with great musicians in Sri Lanka and, and create music together. We never had that before. Hell, I didn't even have a cell phone when I was touring in hardline. I'd tell my wife, okay, I'm at a payphone. I'll call you when we get to the hotel. And she didn't know if I was alive or dead in between, you know, we just did. So it's, you know, it's this such great stuff that's come out of being able to connect to, to the world and uh, being able to use my, my gift and my craft to uh, keep things going. I, uh, why not? I mean, I'm, I'm, I want to, well, you I should, wanna... you should. I well, think the fact so. That people are our age and, and, and I think people are turning around or you get this like, this band needs this original person, or they need this, or they can't go anywhere else. It's like a lot of people that aren't in the music field, say you're at the same job now for 30 years. Wouldn't you want to work with somebody different? Wouldn't it be exciting? Why would you want your favorite creative person or some of your favorite artists to not be able to experience another creative force to allow them to keep being happy, happy artistically? You're not having your day job working with the same knucklehead every day. How do you think it's going to be for an artist? who's trying to create something inspiring for you. If they're not happy, you think you're going to get something? You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah, totally agree. On the same page, 1 million percent. Yep. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I fully understand trying to, you know, create a new band and trying to break that band. Uh, But for me, uh, I really, I don't mean this in an egotistical way. I don't have any ego whatsoever. I'm no different than anyone else. I sing. Um, but I don't need to really prove anything to anyone. I just want to create, use my gift to create music and make people happy. And that that's really, that's my objective. That's what I stick to. And, and you know, uh, vocally, uh, when the fans tell me I'm done, because sometimes yeah. a lot of singers that are out there don't realize they, they anatomically and medically can't sing anymore. It's not right. working. And that happens with age or whatever, or abuse or whatever. When I'm to that point, the fans will let me know, and then I I I, I go fishing. So fishing is gonna be so boring for you. Let's be honest. You need, you need to find a better hobby besides that. <laughs> you gotta be, you have to oh, start fully planning cast fishing. You'll be no, singing about music little, while you're fishing. <laughs> I know. I and uh, I, will, I will tell you that my hardline vegan bandmate is not a fan of me going fishing. Period. So there you go. Hey, you know, here, here's the thing: when you say about your voice, a because you take care of your voice and. There's two things. A, you're not, it's not an ego. And I don't think it's anything you know, if a musician says they know they're a good guitar player. You should know you're a good singer, you're a good songwriter, because you think the guy that, that's good at welding is like, yeah, I'm good at welding. Oh, you have an ego. No, it's only when you're like an artist and you're like, I'm good at painting, I'm good at music. That's an ego because you say it. Anybody else that does their job, I'm good at accounting. Yeah, come by my house. I'm good at it. Oh, listen to your ego. No, no, no. no. It's only on that kind of job, it's an ego. So to me, I'm saying there's something wrong with saying I'm good at something. Yeah, so I can say that. You know, it looks weirder for you, but. It should be. It's so different than being good at I know. I know what you're saying. I, I spin it a little bit differently, and I recognize that it's a gift. I never say, like, oh, yeah, I'm a really great singer. Not just I, I don't not just say gift, I, You work yeah. it. You work it, I and you it. have a voice that could be strong enough. That's, you could be someone like, like the Sammy Hagar thing, where Sammy is, what, in the 70s, and Sam. he could, right? He could sing off the leather off a tennis ball, of a, of a baseball, right? Incredible. How strong is his voice? 
you could do that because you have a natural voice so, and you work it. So I sang with Sammy. I'll just tell you a little yeah. Sammy story. Oh, so we, uh, back in Hardline, uh, Sammy uh, and his wife came out to a show and we were covering a song that Neil and Sammy did uh, off a, a band called HSAS and it was oh, yeah, top, yeah, of yeah. top of the rock. So uh, I said, Sammy, you want to come out and sing a, a couple verse? He goes, OK, Johnny, you, you take verse one and I'll take verse two. I said, OK, Sammy, cool. That's going to be awesome. So I'm singing. We're, I'll never forget this, bro. There's things that you just never forget in your career. And I've played every arena around the world. I mean, I've sold out Wembley. I mean, I've played everywhere, right? And you remember this stuff. I was playing in Marin County and that's, uh, uh, you know, in, in Northern California. Yep. And Sammy's going to come out in verse two. I'm singing verse one. And all of a sudden I hear this, ah, the crowd just, just lights up. And I'm going, what am I doing? I'm not doing like, what the, I'm like, cool. I look over, Sammy came out too early. So Sammy came out, there's Sammy Hagar on the stage, crowd's going nuts. He comes over to me and he's like, take it. I'm like, what do you mean take it? Take it means <laughs> take the second verse. Yeah. He didn't remember any of the lyrics or anything on the song. <laughs> I'm like, so he just basically sang the chorus with me. And then after I said, Sammy, what the F? He's like, dude, sorry, I couldn't remember any of the lyrics. And I think I came out a little too early. I'm like, that was hilarious. Anyway, we laughed so hard. He goes, yeah, I just sort of just like, I just couldn't remember shit except for the title. We laughed so hard. But the point here is that his voice right. is so powerful and so loud. It's like he doesn't even need a freaking microphone. Oh. He's a powerful guy and what a great human that and is. great. What what experiences? And, and the point that when you hear singers at, at that point, it's almost like you feel like they should be locked in the studio recording every single second they can while their voice is that good. Because right. it feels like at any minute, any minute, like I'm like, you need to keep just recording albums because at one point, let's say you're 76 or whatever, I don't know how old it is. And then you're 77, you can't talk anymore. That's fine. You've given us more than enough rock. But man, yeah. those few months, maybe you can squeeze out a few albums. Like Freddie Mercury at the end, he was squeezing that last album out. He you could feel pumping it. that out. And yep. it was good. And there was no loss to the, the vocal quality either. And you could feel the emotion. That's one of the most right. emotive albums ever, by the way. That last exactly. album. Exactly. Oh. Um, you can't get it without feeling incredible. So, so you know, Hardline did a remake on our Life album, and of with uh, Who Wants to Live Forever. You should yep. check it out. Yep. It's my. No, it's I my, actually do. It's my tribute. Okay. That, yeah. So that that was my tribute. So we played Wembley. I got a. I have stories, man. We could be on for hours for your listeners, but I know we got to keep it short. Uh, we were playing Wembley. I was on tour with Extreme, the band Extreme. It was Hardline and Extreme. And uh, my wife hits me. She was my girlfriend at the time. She hits me. She goes, look at that guy over there. He thinks he's Roger Daltrey. I said, honey, that is Roger Daltrey. And <laughs> I mean, some of these experiences. But then we had our own catering. Like we literally would travel with our own ovens and we had cooks and the whole thing. You know, real rock star stuff backstage. We had tractor trailers filled with, with commercial grade cooking stuff. So that we had our always our, had our meals and everything's insane. But anyway, uh, those were the days I'm I'm going backstage after a sound check. And there's my now wife sitting with Brian May from Queen and his wife just eating and talking. And I stand I, I'm standing and go. That's Brian May. That that's Brian May from Queen. That's Brian May. I mean, 
bro, the experiences, you know, I've never, ever for one second have not been grateful for all of these things that I've, I've, I've encountered and witnessed and stuff. I mean, really a lucky and grateful guy, but at the same time, I've worked very, very hard on this craft. And I think that if you laser focus on what you really want to do, anything is possible. You just got to make it your focus. And I remember, I remember being so poor, bro, that it was a luxury to have a nectarine and we would label it on our tour bus. It was Johnny's and my nectarine because I was going to eat that thing later. And it wasn't often that we could go and spend money on like fresh special fruit. I remember those days, man. And, and the sacrifices made to be able to, you know, hone your craft and, and do what you want to do. That makes you happy and makes other people happy. Anyway, that's my story sticking to it. That's a good story. And and the thing actually with Brian and and this, and and you justify this and say it, I'm sure you met Brian. He's the kindest person ever. Smart dude. Right. Smart. And Yeah. And, but the bigger and the more people you meet that are established in the rock world, I've noticed this now to some of the, the, the younger musicians, um, different personalities, different ways of handling things. Because people yeah. would be like, oh, how can you talk to so-and-so? So they'd be like, someone, so they say a big thing, be like, hey, how could you talk to, you know, John? Said that. I'm like, just by using my mouth and words, and he has words. And we, we, we put the words together, and we have a conversation. But some people find it so unbelievable to speak to somebody because of that. And I'm like, you, I don't think people don't really understand that artists at this point, at this success level, are more calm to the idea of this not being a rock star thing, just being successful is part of their thing. But they're real people, and that rock star thing is not the same. Brian May is one of the most, I don't know personally, I've heard from people, you know, that, or anybody, anybody I've ever met are more laid back, you know, than you would believe. I think more, you know, for sure, a, a lot of successful artists want to be recognized as real humans. I remember being in a restaurant and a busboy just flipping out and it was it was actually a little embarrassing. And I asked the manager if I, I could go back to the kitchen and wash some dishes. And he was like, what? I said, please, would you let me do that? And they, he said, absolutely. I got up, the kid followed me. I started washing dishes and he was like, why are you washing dishes? I said, because I'm no different than you are. Right. I'm no different. Uh, I, I have a... I have a, a career in music. I sing. Um, I, ha- I have a gift to share. But at the end of the day, man, I crawl into bed just like you do. I get a stomach ache like you do. Right. I get a sore throat. I go to the doctor. I get a, a prostate exam. I'm no freaking different than anybody else. And so I think, you know, to your point, we just want to be, it, we are more laid back and we, and, and, and more open to just, hoping that people just recognize us as you know normal humans but i want to you're successful at your craft and and yeah. they should appreciate that and if they see you outside of the work area besides the higher acknowledgement depending on what's going on they need to respect right. i was it's my my, my soapbox I, I think you need to respect <laughs> artists so i i was, i try yeah. i think that artists shouldn't don't usually can say because they don't want to say it but i say it as a as a fan and a supporter of ours and you know and, and friends as, of artists that you're just doing your thing and it would be weird to them to be at work or coming in and be like oh my god they're having dinner with their family and everyone's freaking out because they're your favorite accountant or you're like you're like i'm at dinner it's kind of odd you know like it's it, it, it's a thing where it, it's disarming and, and people need family time 
time when they're not at work. You're not at work. And it's not an ego thing. It's just about if you're not doing your trade, you know, it's it's insanity to, to have somebody expect that or or to give you something. Um, I saw something yesterday and they, they, a fan got mad at them because they didn't give them something. They gave it to him, but they wanted to give it to him again. And they also they were enemies and they're writing bad things on blogs and just going crazy about it. Artists don't owe anybody anything. The transaction is you listen to music, you like it, it feels good. It feels good to you. It touches the artist. Everyone's happy. Right. Nobody owes anything anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. I mean, there is that element of, you know, you when you sign up for this, you have to be aware that it's it's entertainment and people um, see it more than yeah, music. When Hardline came times. out, yes, yes. Hardline came out. We're, we're yeah, right. right. Especially the past 15, yeah. 10, 10, 15 years and now COVID, people have just got to re realign their... their I agree, you say, yeah. Do what you want to be successful. What do you think of successful? If you're a guitar player, you're playing guitar and you're playing down the street at a club and you're you're you're, you're happy with it, that can be success. It's not That's to say success, success is not That's having a platinum album because usually you owe money. People think success is something in music. Go watch like five behind the musics. You're right. You'll know what success in music is. It's not exactly having a record label. No, you're right. 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 You're it, exactly right. It, that you're exactly right. That's how it has changed today. And I like that. I mean, um, there are so many bands that I that I hear that uh, are so incredibly talented and you question why they're not like a massive, you know, success story. But right. maybe to them, they are successful. So your point yeah. is well is well taken. I mean, I never mind. I actually forget that I'm I hate this the old cliche of rock star, but I forget that I am that. And sometimes when I when I take my break here in America. And then I fly back over to Europe and I'm well, in a store. Europe, yeah. yeah. People are staring at me. I'm like, what, what are you looking at? And I forget. I'm like, they're like, we are a huge fan. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm sorry. I forgot who I was for a second. And another great thing is, you know, after you play rock star and you come home and your wife says, take out the trash, please. And I'm like, wait a minute. I have people to do that. I'm going to take out the trash. <laughs> it's, it's like an ongoing joke. And, and my wife will say, take out the freaking trash. You're I home now. It. It's my kids. <laughs> my kids do it. <laughs> so yeah, let the kids do it. So it's fun. And you know, interesting. Speaking of kids, I have a a 26 year old beautiful daughter who has a you know her life already started and great career. And I have an 18 year old son who's in the university for business. And his playlist. I watch these younger kids. His playlist is so incredibly vast. Like he'll even he even has like like Russian rap music. He goes, oh, dad, there's a lot of killer artists. And even though I can't understand it, it's, it makes me feel a certain way. I'm like, that is so inventive, so cool. I was never like that. I was like, I'm a rock and roll guy. That's it. And blinders. And I'm not listening to anything. And, you know, other than that, and I wouldn't listen to jazz. I wouldn't listen to anything. Oh, really? So the kids today are so far ahead in their willingness to experience different different music and that makes it so much nicer for a creative person to be able to go way outside of their normal box of, of creative thinking because it's now and now he's taught me my 18 year old has taught me that i can pull something even if i don't like the song or i don't think it's structurally correct or it's yeah. out of pitch or something drives me nuts, there's something artistic in there that is cool and i search for it and it's just so cool the way the kids are just like accepting of all kinds of different stuff today not only 
and I'm not speaking politically, I'm speaking yeah. musically, yeah. just right. completely open to all kinds of of, uh, of various music. It makes it really nice for, for musicians. Who, I'm not afraid to do something weird because I'm like, that's what I felt, man. It'd be like telling a painter, hey, no, don't use the fuchsia color. People don't like the fuchsia color. You got to go more browns. I mean, who would do that, right? So it's just a, a cool lot, a lot thing. That's, that's, a, that's a problem. That's the problem though with music, you know. You know, people would be like, nope, you're a canvas painter. You're this painter. No, I want to paint. I want to do art mediums. You know what I mean? You don't do that. And yeah. and, and and hopefully, I would think that, and, and like one of the big goals of my show is I say a few things. A, it's, there's no such thing as guilty music. A, uh, a, the best bands serve the song and and then right. you can pepper it. But, but also, people need to be open. To, even if you don't like it, I probably have a diversity of artists on my show. You may not like my last artist, but you need to like like them as a person and understand it. Like if we get past the point where people are always making fun of Nickelback, like the joke was funny because it's just abstract joke. But the truth is, if you don't like Nickelback's music, I did a ton of bands of music I don't like, but I only make jokes about it. I'm not five years old where I gotta be like boosting my ego because I'm making fun of somebody. You just don't listen to them. You know what's laughing yeah, about Nickelback in their big houses and and their and their success, right? You know, good for them. Point right. is, we need to get past that. Nickelback's just an easy example. And it's I'm not even a what you call a fan of the band. I couldn't probably tell you their songs. But I don't like the fact that people right. beating us something just because they don't like it. It's ridiculous. And and people need to yeah, be I mean, okay. there's, there's you're right. I mean, there's 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 engaging in conversation that's meaningful about look, I really don't like that. Here's why. And then there's rudeness and disrespect. Yeah. And that's for me is where I get a little I uh, same same way. I mean, I get a little frustrated. It's like if you don't like it, just say I, I really it's not my cup of tea. And right. um, when we were younger, you know, we it was I, I want to say it felt like it was different too. Like almost like you're like Van Halen, Van Hager, this guy sucks. When you say sucks, means my opinion's better. But now it's gotten to the point, and I think the, the internet has amplified it to a point where like saying it sucks, like literally means it's personal and it's this and the most horrible human being. It's not the same as saying I disagree. Like the word connotation of what words yeah, mean changed on some level as soon as yeah. it's like the fun teasing of music. It's like with actually uh, uh, sports, I don't follow sports, but sports guys do it too. They get so crazy about it. Like it, the, the fun back and forth, the banter has changed to this ugly monster. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Good point. You're right. You're right. It's interesting, isn't it? It's an interesting it world we live in. It is, right but now. it goes back, and that's why I one of the things I appreciate in conversations is very steered towards towards your career, because you have a lot of different types of music, and it's allowed your fan base to be a lot more open, which is something not a lot of artists can experience. You know. I'm very lucky. I will tell you, I'm extremely lucky uh, that I have the support uh, fans that I do. I mean, I have fans all over this beautiful world and they like i said before they they cross pollinate to anything i do they may not be like a like oh that you know that that was cool uh right. i respect it it may not be on their top of their playlist but they're there because they're they're open to hearing everything yeah. that i produce and that's i like create that or just, at least I mean, appreciate it yeah you it's know? unbelievable it's you unbelievable. Have to respect an artist doing that and i think so what do we have for music coming out before the fans kills for us having this old man talk? Get off our lawn. Okay. Um, so here we go. <laughs> oh, so here, what do we have? We have uh, what's next. Okay. Album number 101 will be a new Axel Rudy Pell ballads compilation where we're doing a number of old school covers like Dust in the Wind that oh, all really? remake with my voice. Yeah. So it's going to be a really great ballads album. That is I'm literally in the studio today. Uh, finishing by Saturday that album 
uh, January starts a brand new Hardline uh, album for production. So nice. our Hardline's, I don't know, seven, eighth album. I don't, I can't, I've lost track. Um, that happens in uh, January, the writing uh, production uh, for a 2024 release. And then 24, we'll start a new Enemy Eyes <laughs> album uh, for a 25 release which is interesting. I am, I am booked. I am so busy, bro, which is just also incredible. Um, with crush 40, um, you know, the, the James Carey Sonic movies, yep. they're working on uh Sonic three now. I'm not quite sure exactly uh, who's going to star in this one. Uh, but there's talks of crush 40s involvement with music there. And nice. we're writing songs there. So, I mean, there's just so always so many moving parts. I wake up and um, I have different things that, to it, to it, to attack every day. I mean, I've got, I'm off February. I'm off to Chile, uh, South America. I've got San Paulo. I've got, you know, cities in, uh, uh, in Brazil that I'm doing shows March and uh, April. I'm sorry, April and May. I'm in Europe, June. I'm in Europe, July. I think I'm going to do some fishing, going back on a fishing thing. August, uh, I'm back in Europe. I'm, I'm booked. I've got Australian tour. I mean, I'm, I am solid to 2025. So I stay in the gym. I do a lot of running and I got to stay healthy. And if so I, I did can... that right now, my back would throw out. I'd lift my back out right now. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. You're young. I on my shoulder. I was lifting furniture this past weekend. I feel like I got two flu shots on my arms. I'm like, I'm so out of shape. Oh, that hurts. Okay. Well, then you got a good excuse. That hurts. So yeah, for so, me, it's about trying to stay healthy so that I can keep doing no, this, this, have this momentum to make the fans happy. Because that's really the ultimate man is seeing their faces live. So uh, all this music is great putting it out there. But when you see their reaction, when you're playing live, that's f for me, it's everything. So the tours are already okay. basically sold out uh, for next year. And that's always exciting to know that the fans are waiting. So anyway, for for your listeners who have, who don't really know who I am, uh, they should uh, do a little poking around. I think so, good. I'll put the links up there too on the podcast part and on this for different people like different things, YouTube and stuff. But I thought it was important. I want to thank you. you you're very much an open book and they can go, there's a lot of interviews out there where you're, you go very deep into the history uh, of, of these bands, which is fantastic. And people should check them out. And uh, people should support also, support other podcasts and support other shows and support Absolutely. everybody. There's, I mean, I am the best, but everyone else is pretty good too. Not just joking. No, but you should, <laughs> seriously, you should support everybody because I listen to a lot of good stuff. But I don't want to retread. And the point is this: thank you for sharing a little bit more of opinions sure. and more of a, of, a, of a conversation. So maybe fans that haven't heard this part of you, or you know what I'm saying, yes. a, 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 a different exposure of, of of an attitude and to think things sure. a little differently too. Of of oh, this is who he is. You know, oh, we do have we we before the show we were talking about our 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 our, our love of our elderly dogs and vets. Right. People are people. You know what I'm saying? People are people. It's true, man. No, these are great. And the other, to your point, you know, I interview with whoever wants to talk. I don't look at how many views, how many subscribers. I don't care if you want to talk and you have, why would it be any different than a live show for me? If, no, if you have a perfect. thousand listeners, I have a thousand people I'm going to perform to. They're mm -hmm. all important. Every one of them. And so I, I support uh, all you guys out there taking your time and uh, look, I'm going to tell your listeners straight up. There isn't any big money in podcasts. This is, this is a, this is a love 
of 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 music and yeah. and a, a passion for uh support and so thank you bro for all you do for all of us artists i, I appreciate it thank you i think and that's and that's what it is and that's what it comes down to earlier with like i don't check numbers i've had people a bands be like oh newer bands you know what i mean what are your numbers i'm oh, like i yeah. um really i just spoke with like uh ian anderson and i can name a bunch of other artists that, that didn't ask about numbers these guys have legends and female legends yeah. and the bigger ones right. don't ask about numbers they just yeah. talk so that's what the talk. younger bands yeah. to look at i mean and, and, and then i think that's right one thing's missing I, I do see that a lot if you talk numbers to me i've right. different artists that on they go what are your numbers i'm like you know what this isn't gonna work out i, I can't play i'm yeah. not gonna i got numbers better than some of these artists they've had on but on the podcast level, but I'm like, I'm not going to do a numbers game with you. It's silly. You know? Yeah. I don't, I don't care how many followers, likes, hearts, clicks. No. I don't give a rat's ass because no. if there's one person that wants to hear about what I'm doing, then that, mm -hmm. and that person, that person deserves to hear what, what's going on. So that's yeah. the way I roll. Brother, yeah. thank you, man. Happy holidays to you, your family, thank to you. all your listeners. Thank you, man. And uh, we'll the talk best. again. We'll, we'll be back on uh, together when I'm at album 105, maybe. We'll go again. That'll be great. Thank All you. Right. you be well, bro. Take care, man. Bye-bye.